John said unto them, Verily I say, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. I'm reading a book entitled, Your God is Too Small. Your God is Too Small. This book was written in the early 1950s. The early 1950s. Theme of chapter 3 Keep that in your mind, that this book was written in the early 1950s. The theme of chapter 3 in this book is a question of whether or not God relates to our immediate needs or our current situation. Now, in 1950, this gentleman was writing a book addressing the question of whether or not God, uh, God is in my immediate circumstance or situation. Is God a present God? A present God. And the author shared a, a story. He shared a story of a survey that was taken in the early 1950s. And one of the questions on the survey was, uh, does God understand the radar? That was a question on the survey. Does God understand the radar? Now, how many of you know what a radar is? We all know what a radar is. But in the 1950s or the late 40s, radar was probably cutting-edge technology. How many would, ag would agree with that? That's... So in the 1950s, the survey question was, survey said, does God understand the radar? And shockingly, most of the participants answered no. They did not believe that God understood the radar. And so, my title for tonight's Bible study is, Does God Understand Radar? <laughs> now, it's not about the radar. The question that we're asking tonight is, is, is God current in my life? right now. I could very easily change the title, Does God Understand the iPhone? It's, it's not about the radar or the iPhone. The question is, is God current? Is God current in our lives? Is, is God a very real, present help right now in my, my life? And in this survey, the answer was no. So I want to take a few minutes and talk about a, a human dynamic. Everyone say a human dynamic. And, and we're, all, we're all part of this. All of us have this human dynamic. So I want to talk to you about it. It doesn't matter how old I get, to someone I will always be the young fella. It's true, isn't it? It doesn't matter how old I get. To, to some of you, I will always be the assistant pastor. It's the way it is. In fact, just this past weekend, someone informed me that Brother Lewis will always be my pastor. So after I punched them and they got up off the floor, it's, it's, a, human, it's a human dynamic. Uh, so no matter how old I get, I could be 75 years of age 
And as long as you are older than me, even if I'm 75 years old, I will still be that young'un. Can you imagine? It's a, it's a human dynamic. It's a, it's, it's a human dynamic. Uh, if, you are, if you are older than, than 55, think about how you felt about yourself at 55. You thought you were young and strong and mature and... And, and, but did you know that when you were 55, those 75-year-olds was looking at you like you were a young whippersnapper? True, isn't it? I have concluded that the secret to staying young or in perpetual youth is to always hang around people that are older than you. That is the key to staying perpetually young. On the other hand, there are those that are younger than I am, and to them, I am eternally old. Emma? Jenea, why are you covering your mouth with your hand laughing uncontrollably? Logan? Lauren? Aiden? Aaron? Isaiah? The bossy children? Am I old? No. Yeah, right. Good answer. Good answer. When I was their age and I looked at someone that was 55, man, please forgive me. Over the hill. Done. I think back when I looked at people that were 55, I thought, man, how are they even moving at 55 years of old? If you ask Chrissy today, Chrissy, are we old? She would say, oh, yeah, you are old. It's a human dynamic. It's, 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 how, it's how we all are. To the old, I will never relate. To them... I will never know what it's like to be old. Even if I'm 75, if you're 85, I'll never know what it's like to be old. To the young, I will never relate to them. To the young, I will always be old-fashioned. I'll always have old ideas, old ways, hanging on to old traditions. I'll be standing in the way of progress and forward motion. I'll be hindering the future. Isn't that, isn't that, how, it, isn't that how it is? To the old, I will always be a threat or a worry to keeping the old paths or the old ways. I will, it will always be. Brother Lewis said that when they went to Bible school, he and Brother Buster and them were playing out in the parking lot or out in the parking lot. And Brother Dudley looked out the window and made the statement, is there a preacher among them? To those that have been a part of Brother Lewis's ministry over the years, there is no preacher but him. Isn't it interesting? The perspective. Every single one of us live in that no man's land between those before us and those after us. It's a human dynamic. The older ones are outdated. The young ones are inexperienced and immature. The Bible teaches us stick to the old paths and the old ways and, and the old things. And it also says, despise not thy youth and that there is strength in the youth. And so if someone can figure out how I'm supposed to be old and young at the same time, please let me know. Please let me know. How to have the wisdom of an old age and, and the strength and vision of the youth at the same time. I was 21 years old and I was taking my first pastorate in Hoyt. And I was working at, a, at Apex Machine Works in Moncton. And, and there was a, a guy in the fabrication, the, the machine shop. And he, he, he took a liking to me. And, and uh, we were talking one, one day and he was an older gentleman and, and uh, not necessarily a, a Christian man. 
And I was saying, you know, yeah, I'm leaving. We're, we're going to take our first pastor, 21 years old. He made this statement to me. He said, uh, we, we were going to a church. The average age of the members was probably 70 years old. I was 21. There was a 50 years age gap. He counseled me, and he said, uh, don't go in there and act like a kid. But I was a kid. I couldn't even pretend to be 70 years old at 21 years of age. You know, we all get excited about David's refusing King Saul's armor. David was young, invincible. I, I don't know this armor. I can't wear this armor. But Goliath was David's very first war. King Saul was a seasoned veteran. David was in his first battle. Saul was, was an experienced warrior. Uh, after over 30 years of pastoring and lots and lots of battles, I want all the protection I can get. My muscles don't flex like they used to. Now, now if I was going to describe my muscles, I would describe them as pulled, strained, aching. They don't flex no more. But David was invincible, young, his first battle. I don't want no armor. I don't want nothing holding me back. Give it to me. Let me roar, roar. Saul's up there with a coat of mail and a helmet and a sword and a shield and shoes and metal. And why? I, I, it, it, it starts to hurt at my age. But David, nothing hurt David. He was ready to do it. I'm a little more paranoid at 55. I want helmets and seat belts and slow and airbags and sunglasses and ear protection and clothing and peace. And, uh, and all the young people say, you're just getting old. You are right. I want, I want comfort and, uh, and massage and all those things. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were in Quebec City and went to Mount Morency Falls, and it's a beautiful falls, and we were there enjoying it. And there's a big zip line from one side of the falls to the other, and a big, huge, deep gorge that's there, and uh, and a zip line. It 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 would go from here to to over to the automotive store across the river, and and I saw that in my mind said, do it. Do it, do it, do it. And, uh, and I looked at that and do it and go and do it. And my mind was yes and my body said, forget it. Stand in line in the heat and take a chance of that cable snapping. Well, you, you don't think about that when you're 20. That cable's never going to snap. But at 55, when you've seen some cables snap, you just know chances are on me it's going to snap. So I'm just going to stand here and lean on the post and watch them have a blast. Instead, I was safe. And I went and got in my air-conditioned car and said, thank God I didn't take that ride. I'm an old fuddy-duddy. Uh, I came across this picture several years ago, and, and I, can't, I can't forget it. Sister, do you mind putting that up there? Maybe you don't have it. If you don't have it, just say, I don't have it. You don't have it. We'll get it. Give us a minute. But see, I needed it right now at this point in my sermon. It will kind of lose its effect later in my sermon. But that's all right. Okay, um, okay, so let's, let's, let's get to the point of what I'm saying. So you can imagine what it's like, you can imagine what it's like when I read the scripture that says, before Abraham was, I, I am. What, what, does that, what does that do in your mind about the concept of God? It puts God into a category that he's 
really, really, really old. He's really old. He's, uh, he's somewhere way out there. He's somewhere way out there. He's, he's somewhere far beyond my, my realm. And yet we know, we know that God is timeless. He's, he's, not, he's not constricted by age and he's, uh, he's not living within the limits of time. But yet when we have to describe him, we describe him in, in words that we understand. And before Abraham was, uh, I am. And, and, and so we think in our mind that God is, is somewhere old and he's somewhere out there and he's somewhere. And so the question that is asked today and that I'm presenting to you is that that. Is God adequate right now? I know that God moved in the past. I know that I know that He was Abraham's God, and I know He was Isaac's God, and I know He was Jacob's God. But but even Jacob and Isaac wrestled uh, with with the notion. I know you're Abraham's God, and I and I know you're my father's God. But but are you my God? Have are you really adequate for me in in my circumstance? I, I know that you're back there somewhere, and and I know that you're somewhere out there and in the future but right now Lord I have a need Lord right now I'm, I'm in need I need to know God are you right here right now with, with me praise God God are you relevant to my circumstance Lord and I'm, I'm asking this and I know that this question seems so silly but God do you understand the latest technology Lord, do you understand the age and the hour that I'm living in? Do you understand our stresses and our pressures? Do you know my situation and do you know my need? And how many would, would just lift a hand with me right now and you'd claim God to be yours right now? Lord, you're more than just Abraham's God and, and you're more than just the future God. Oh Lord, I claim you right now as my Savior and my Lord and my King God. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's not so much that we visualize God as being old, but maybe we visualize Him as being old-fashioned. Maybe we visualize Him as moving in times of old. But God, can you move right now, today? Can you move right now? And often our language and when we preach and we read the Bible, it's, it's about a God of the past and, and, and the revivals of the past. And, 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 and so they ask the question in the 1950s, God, do you understand radar? Are you aware of where we're at in 2000? Hallelujah. In 22. God, is your hand still moving and operating in our midst? Lord, can you still heal broken bones? And, and can you still work miracles? And can you still fill people with the Holy Ghost? And can you still have revival? And can you still move in 2022? And I just want to stand here tonight and say, yeah, God understands radar. God knows where you're at. He knows your address. He's, he's got you engraved in the palm of his hand. God is current in 2022. Hallelujah. You may ask God, can you cope with the complexities, complexities and the problems of life today? And, and uh, we may seem, well, of course he can. He, of course he can. Well, why are we saying that? Because we know that the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we know that he changes not. And, and we know it in our mind what the Bible says. But have you experienced Jesus Christ today in your home and in your life? Have you, have you talked to him today? Are you aware of his presence today? Do you know that he is real to you today? God, do you understand radar? It ought to be that the Pentecostal church, hallelujah, it ought to be that oneness apostolics and oneness Pentecostals, maybe unlike those that don't know him, the old songwriter said, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. It ought to be if anybody in this world today is aware of the presence of God. It ought to be God-fearing, Holy Ghost-fearing, 
filled, baptized people that know he's with me, not just because I read it in the Bible, but because he's right here in my heart and in my life today. Praise God. And yes, it's important for us to hold to the old paths. And, and yes, we do maybe have at times an old-fashioned concept about God and, and our hymns and some of our singing and, and all of those and all of those things. And sometimes we use we use theological or or biblical language that that maybe the modern or, or the current world or, or the young of today may not relate to. Meanings change and, and words have different meanings today. If I said, man, he is one bad dude. Some of you would think, well, what, why isn't he in jail? And the rest of the young ones would say, man, he's, that's awesome. He's bad. He's bad dude. Meanings change from, from what they were. You know, if we were, if I, anyway, we're not going to, we're not going to get into that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm afraid that some of the challenges facing the church today is, is getting God out of, out of eternity and, and getting him right here into my home and into my heart and into my health crisis and into my financial need and into my physical need and into my mental and spiritual need. How awesome it is. How awesome it is that I can say, Lord, I'm, I'm having a, a health crisis today or a mental crisis or a financial crisis and, and I can just call out into the room as if Jesus were, were right there listening to my every need. How many of you, it would change how you prayed. It would change how you asked God. It would change how you felt about God if you knew within your heart, He's right here in the room with me right now. He's not out in eternity somewhere. The presence of God is operating right now in my, in my midst. Praise God. Are we living with a contemporary God. And I say, I say, I know what you mean, Clinton, but I say, yes, he's a very current. He's a right now, right here. He's a God that is very present and very, hallelujah, he's very real. Just like Jacob laid his head on the pillow and the angels descended and he woke up and he said, surely I have been in the presence of the Lord. Surely I have communed with angels in 2022. You can go to bed tonight and the Lord is in the room with you. And, and you can wake up in the morning and surely I have been in the presence of the Lord because he's not way out there somewhere and, and he's not way back there and, and he's not somewhere there. He's contemporary right here, right now. A God that's in my very presence. Praise the Lord. This is the question that philosophers and theologians and scientists all grapple with. How does a supernatural being insert itself into the natural? How does the metaphysical insert itself into the physical? It's called transcendency. How, how does that happen? How do we grasp the concept that some, some spiritual being can manifest itself in the natural world? How can, how can, a, how can, how can a, a natural broken bone be, be manipulated by a spiritual being and instantly be, be made whole? How can the dead be raised? How can the blind see? How can the lame walk? I don't know how, but I know this, that he's a very present God and whatever my need is, he is there right now, right here to do the work that needs to be done. Amen. So tonight, can we believe that God is in the room? Can we believe that God is in the room? 
If Jesus were walking by like he did on the streets that day and the blind can call out to him, thou son of David, have mercy on me. If we could understand that just like the woman with the issue of blood could push through the crowd, if we could understand that Jesus is walking up and down that aisle, if we could understand his spirit and his presence is in our very midst, that we could cry out, oh Savior, fill me with the Holy Ghost and that he would stand still just like in the word and meet that need if we could say oh Jesus I have a physical need if we understood just like he walked the streets that he's walking these aisles that his spirit and his presence is in the room tonight I could cry out what I will and he would answer me and work miracles in my life hallelujah God is not out there. He's not old. He's not out of touch. But can we believe that he's right here, right now? Can you believe he's right here, right now? Can you believe he's right here, right now, walking up and down these aisles? Can you believe, can you believe tonight that he is right here with us to meet our needs? To meet our needs. It's more than, and, and, and the Lord is working with me on this in my mind, it's more, than, it's more than believing that he has all power. How many of you know he has all power? We know that he has all power. How many believe he can do all things? I, I believe he can do all things. How many believe that, that, uh, that uh, uh, whatever he, he is able to do exceeding, abundant, above what we ask. We all believe those, those things. But do we believe that he's in the room right now to meet those needs in our heart and in our life? I think it would change our, our approach. I think it would change our attitude if we could get that concept out of our mind that he doesn't really, he's not really within reach. He's not really right here. Oh, yes, he is. Jesus is here right now. Reach out and touch him. How many have something right now that you need the Lord to touch? Would you reach out right now with me in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are trying to believe God for miracles and God is saying, I'm waiting for you to believe that I'm right here, right now, in the room, ready to meet your need. My presence is right here. We're, we're waiting to have faith for the miracles. And have, listen, the miracles are here. The, 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 the blessing is here. The outpouring is here. The rain is here. The windows of heaven are open. The challenge is not believing that he has the power or that he can do it. We all know he's got the power. We all believe. The believing issue is, I believe Jesus is here right now to touch my life and work a miracle for me. I feel the Holy Ghost in my heart. And I know I'm preaching to you and I, I didn't mean to do that, but that's, that's, the way, that's the way it's coming. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus came down um, So in Matthew chapter 8, I'm going to tell you that story in just a minute, but I'm going to tell you this one now. Jesus, Jesus was walking along and uh, was healing people. It says, he came down from the mountain and the multitudes followed him. A leopard came and worshipped him in Matthew chapter 8. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and said, be thou clean. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And, and later on, uh, uh, a centurion came to him. And wanted him to work a, a miracle on his servant who was homesick of the palsy and grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I'll come. The man said, you, you don't have to come. You can just, you, you're a man of authority. You can just send. And Jesus, 
Jesus marveled and said, I have not found so great a faith, not anywhere in Israel. I have not found such a great faith. How many of us could just, Lord, you're here. You don't even have to, you don't even have to come. You can just speak the word. And it's, it's dealt with. Oh, and Jesus was, praise God. He said, I've not seen such a great there's no greater faith right now in all of Israel than just, just that. I, Lord, you don't have to, you don't need to come take your time. You just, you just dispatch it and it's done. How many, oh, hallelujah. How many could have that kind of faith? Jesus, you're just here. All you got to do is speak a word. And I know it's all taken care of. You, you just speak the word. And, and the Lord was moved. There's not a greater faith in all of Israel. Hallelujah. Jesus said to the to centurion, you just go your way. Uh, thou hast believed, and, and it, it's going to be done as you have believed it. It's going to be done as you believed it. And the servant was healed that very hour. And then they went into Peter's house, and his, his uh, wife's mother laid sick. Jesus touched her hand. He didn't say nothing. He didn't, he didn't, he... I'm telling you what, I'm done. I'm done grabbing hold of people and weaving them back and forth for 45 minutes and pleading and begging God to, to do something. Oh God, all I'm doing is all I'm doing is demonstrate doubt. We're just gonna lay hands on people and declare it and speak it in Jesus' name. God doesn't need me to beg him for 45 minutes. To, to be, all I'm saying is I'm not really sure you're here and I'm not really sure you're going to do it and so I'm going to just moan here for an hour and a half and go home and feel like I've done something we're going to not do that no more we're just going to, Jesus is here in the midst. He understands radar. He knows my needs. He knows where I'm at. Lord, we're just going to speak it. He just went over and touched her. And, and she was healed by the power of God because Jesus was in the room to do the work. Amen. The Bible says in verse 17 that Isaiah the prophet said, himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. He did it. Jesus is here to bear our infirmities and to bear our sickness. He has come here tonight to lift those off of us. We can't carry that. It's more than what I can handle. And Jesus is in the room right now tonight. And he wants to touch you and, and bless you and, and minister to you. He, he's come to bear the infirmity and lift those things from us because he is here. He's here right now. Amen. Then they got into a ship and the waves and the storm, the tempest was so bad. The disciples came, woke him and said, Lord, we perish. And Jesus said to them, oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Now listen. Jesus was in the boat. He was in the boat. They had watched him do miracles. He was in the boat. And they said to him, we're going to die. What kind of faith is that? His followers said, we're going to die. They didn't know Oh, they knew him. They knew his name. They seen him do stuff. But they didn't know. If they would have known that they were with the mighty God in Christ, they would have never have said to the master, you know, we're about to die here. We're about to die. No wonder Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. These were his disciples. And he stood up, spoke to the storm, and they said to them, this, this indicates 
that they didn't know him. I mean, they knew him. They knew his name, but they didn't know because after he did that, the disciples said, what manner of man is this? You know, and I, I got to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at Janaea's report. I'm amazed. Wow. Wow. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Something really happened. Wow. Something really happened. It ought not to be that way. It ought not to be that way. We ought to be shocked when it doesn't happen. We ought to be shocked when we say, be healed, cancer be gone, uh, diabetes, sugar, whatever, be gone, heart disease, be gone. We ought to be shocked when it doesn't happen. Why? Because Jesus is right here. The healer is in our midst. Praise God. Would you shout with me this evening? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 It's not my presence. It's not your presence. It's His presence. The healer is here. The healer is here. Jesus, the healer is here. Let your faith rise. It ought not to be what manner of man is this. It ought to be Jesus. Hey, we're in the boat. The storm's raging. We know you're going to take care of it. And it ought not to be, Lord, we're going to die here. No, sir. You're in the boat with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Someone say praise the Lord. Jesus came down the Mount of Configuration. The disciples had tried to cast a deaf and dumb spirit. The Bible says, the Bible says that the father went to the Lord and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's a lunatic. He's sore vexed. He falleth into the fire and into the water. I brought him to the disciples and they could not cure him. And Jesus said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? How, how long until you, until you know me? And Jesus rebuked the devil. The disciples came and said, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. This, these were his disciples. These weren't sinners. These weren't... These weren't unrighteous. These were his disciples. And Jesus said, you couldn't do it because you didn't, you didn't believe in me. You, you didn't believe. You didn't believe. You didn't believe. I don't want that indictment on my life. I, I don't want the Lord to, to look at me and say, where is your faith? I'm, I am right here. I understand. I, I, I know the needs. I'm, I'm current in the situation. Our theme for this year has been more than enough. God is more than enough. He is more than enough. He is more than enough. How many believe that He is more than enough? These disciples had seen the miracles. They had seen Him work. They had seen Him function. They had seen Him operate, and yet they still were in unbelief. John wrote in, in the first chapter that he was in the world. The world was made by him. And, uh, but the world knew him, knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Uh, uh, John answered and said, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. Whom ye know not. I don't think that our indictment doesn't, isn't that we, that we don't believe that he can. I don't think our indictment isn't that we don't believe he has all power. I think the indictment is, is that he is right here in our midst and, and we don't know. We're not aware that he's here. John said he was among you, but you didn't, you didn't know you didn't know that he was among you. You didn't know that he was among you. Eventually, Peter finally got it. Peter finally got it. 
Peter, who do men say that I am? And the light bulb went off in Peter's head. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's more than just a, he's more than just a good teacher. He's more than just a, he's more than just a, 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 a spiritual man. He's more than just those things. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I know that you know that in your mind. But do you really know, do I really know in my heart tonight that the Christ the Son of the living God is right here. And if I believe that with all of my heart, then nothing, nothing, nothing could not be done. Did I just use double negatives there? Nothing could not be done. I think, I said, I think that makes sense. How about we turn it positive? Anything is possible. There. I get that. Anything is possible. When I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Christ, the Son of the living God, is right here. Right here. The church and all of its power. Jesus said everything. The church, all of its power, all of the miracles and everything that comes with that is going to be built on the revelation that Christ is the Son of the living God. And the gates of hell will never prevail against the church that's built upon the knowledge that Christ is the Son of the living God. And that he is right here, right now, in the room. That he understands radar. He knows what your situation is. And he is more than enough right now to meet our needs. Martha and Mary, they, 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 uh, they kind of messed up future-wise. They kind of messed up future-wise. Jesus, Jesus, if you had been here, Lazarus would never have died. And Jesus said, I'm here. I'm here right now. And, 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 and he's going to rise again. And they said, yeah, we know. We know that you're going to take care of that in the future. And Jesus had to work on their mind and their mentality. No, no, no. You, you don't get it. You don't get it. I am here. I am the resurrection. I am the life. And I'm right here, right now. I'm not talking about what I, what I was. And, and I'm not talking about what I'm going to be. You don't know. It, but I'm here right now and I am the resurrection right now in your life right now right now right now hallelujah hallelujah whosoever believeth on me should never die and he said do you believe this do you believe this do you believe this? And the light bulb went off in her head and she looked at him and she said the exact same words that Peter said. She said, I get it. Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. I'm here to tell you that the believing is not in his ability and, and what he can do and what he's able to do. The belief, the faith that he wants us to have is that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And when we get that then nothing nothing resurrection is nothing when we understand you are the Christ the son of the living God and what's his name everybody 
Come on, what's his name? Come on, what's his name? Jesus, hallelujah. And he's here right now in our midst. Praise God. And there is nothing too hard for God. Nothing too hard for God. I know you did it before, and I know you can do it in the future. And I know what you will do. But Lord, greater than that is I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, that you are with me. You are walking with me right now. And you understand. And you understand. Praise God. Well, they have the clock fixed. They have the clock fixed, so I guess I got to stop. I got to stop. <laughs> Praise God. How many believe that Christ is the Son of the living God? And He is with you right now. He is with you right now. Praise the Lord. Would you stand tonight? Well, bless your hearts. I've just hollered at you for hollered at you for 45 minutes, but Amen. Amen. I know you're familiar with this story. I know you're familiar with this story. Um, a song titled It Is Well with My Soul was composed by Philip Paul Bliss, and he used the lyrics written by Horatio. Spafford. And um, the story goes that Horatio was a successful attorney. He was a real estate investor. He lost his fortune in the Great Chicago Fire in 1871. Around the same time, he lost his beloved four year old son who died of scarlet fever. Thinking that a vacation would do his family some good, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England. He was planning to join them. He finished some pressing business. However, while crossing the Atlantic, the ship that was carrying his wife and four daughters was involved in a collision and sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of his daughters. His wife survived the tragedy and when she got to England, she sent a telegram to her husband that simply said, saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were passing over the spot where the shipwreck had occurred. As Horatio thought about his daughters, these words of comfort filled his heart and he wrote them down. When peace like a river attendeth my ways, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. God, do you understand radar? Do you understand that I am standing in the spot where I said goodbye to my four daughters? Do you understand? Do you understand where I'm at, Lord? And somewhere in the midst of that, God came out of the metaphysical and out of the supernatural and stepped into the natural and gave a man hope and comforted his heart. I'm here to tell you that Christ, the Son of the living God, is here. Is here. And that 
if we'll just believe that he is the Christ and that he is with me. He will do, he will do the miraculous. He will do the miraculous. And so we're just going to get, we're just going to get bold and crazy. We're just going to get bold and crazy. We're, I can't heal anybody. You can't heal anybody. But Christ, the Son of the living God, can heal everybody. He can do all things. And when somebody gets healed, it's not because I'm here or you here. It's because he's here. Who healed Janaea? Christ did. Who touched some of the other things and worked some of the other miracles in here that just not at liberty to share? Christ did. Christ did. So we're just going to declare it. We're just going to speak it. Every time, I can, every time I'm confronted with cancer, I'm just going to rebuke it. I'm going to rebuke it. I'm going to rebuke it. Such as I have, give I thee. Cancer be gone. Heart disease be gone. Diabetes be gone. Arthritis be gone. Sickness be gone. Cancer be gone. I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm not doing it anyway. I'm not doing it anyway. So we're just going to speak it. We're going to lay hands on people. We're going to pray it, and declare it, and believe it, and let God do his work. Amen. Well, okay. You know, just before you go, let's, would you just spend a, a minute with me here in the altar? I, there's a sweet presence of the Lord, and I know I preach tonight, not teach, but, but I would love for us to respond to the faith that's in the room. Whatever you need tonight, whatever you need, whatever you need, would you just take a minute with me? Let's just touch the Master. Touch the Master. Touch the Master. Touch the Son of the living God. Touch the Son of the living God. Touch the Son of the living God. Jesus is here. Do you need the Holy Ghost? Cry out to Him. Fill me, Lord, with the Holy Ghost.